podcast listeners. It's uh, Sunday afternoon that we're recording this at four o'clock. We've had a chance to uh, have a think about the game. That probably took us all of about uh, 10 seconds. The final score from a snowy Bramall Lane. It finished Nigel, or is it Hecking? Is, well, I know his name's Heckingbottom. Heckingbottom, Sheffield United. First game. Thank you. Paul Heckingbottom, Sheffield United, two. Nigel Pearson's. Bristol City nil. Joining me uh, today are Ian, Les, and uh, Mark. Um, I, I well, I'll do what we normally do. Quick summary: thirty seconds on the game, or less. Ian, you first. Thirty seconds. It was a totally inept display. I tweeted before the game that I thought we'd get overrun in midfield, and we did. We also got destroyed in the wide areas because uh, Scott isn't a right wing back. Uh, and that we got done for the entire game in the same two areas. McGoldrick showed what can be done if you pass the ball to a player with his ability on the floor because he turned and he played wide players in. That never happened to us all day. Uh, The defence was terrible, the attack was terrible, and the midfield was even worse. There we go. Ian, Les, your views on that... uh... On the, the shambles, Ian would call it. The last time I came on this show, I said that Nigel Pearson hasn't got a clue about the shape in terms of his best 11. Um, and today, just confirmed that. If someone could explain to me why our only creative player, a number 10, an 18-year-old, is playing at right back or right wing back. If someone could explain that logic to me, because I just don't understand it. I mean, we've seen square pegs and round holes many times over the last few years, but it makes absolutely no sense to me. Back in turn with one of the worst performances I've seen from anyone in the Bristol City shirt. Ben Aroos, okay, he's a kid, completely out of his depth. It was shambles. And Pierce has been here since, what, February? And yep. I don't think we look any better now than we did that when he came in. There we go. Um, Mark, he, he had injuries uh, today, but Les has made a good point playing uh, players out of uh, position. What were your thoughts, though, just on the game in general, briefly? Well, I mean, fail's a plan, and you plan to fail. The warning signs were there on, on Wednesday. I mean, I was it got excited after the game because it was a good defensive performance. You know, we played quite poorly today. We just played poorly throughout. But the 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 team needed freshening up, and uh, Nigel Pearson completely ignored that. Played Scott his right wing back. He just can't play there. Kept getting caught out of position. You take the glue out of midfield with Matty James and Joe Williams being injured. Really, we could have done with moving Viner into a midfield and then perhaps play Atkinson in, in in the back three, which would have given you a lot more steel. But even then. Having a midfielder in Backinson who, who trapped the ball further, in it, you know, uh, trapped the ball further than he could pass it most of the time. Our touch was horrendous. Uh, you know, our decision making in the final third, when we did get a slightest chance, was was appalling, and we just continually kept getting the ball away and against a very capable side who knew exactly what they were going to do and had William runners from the channels and how they didn't win by more than two 0 is beyond me. And we've got to go back to the drawing board, but it's very worrying signs for Pearson if he keeps playing, you know, you know, if he, if he, if he keeps making those types of decisions when it's obvious to everybody that we're going to get, get overrun in midfield constantly. Why, why do we do it? 
Yeah, well, well, indeed. Ian, before we get into the game, interesting points from uh, Les and Mark there about playing square pegs in round hole. Uh, I gather um, Tanner is still injured. I think we're really saying that Danny Simpson, you know, fills a seat on the bench and that's about it because he could have come in at right back. Viner could have played at right bank. You know, what is he doing? You know, and playing, playing Scott, and O'Dowder, the latter, I thought, had an appalling game. Somebody else on OTIB thought he was okay today. But you, you said beforehand, Ian, you're setting yourself up to feel, for fail because you're going to get run overrun in midfield, aren't you? Yeah, you are. And uh, I think Nigel Pearson isn't the answer. And I don't think... Um, I think at any other club, and if he wasn't a guy with the history that he's got, albeit it was a long time ago, um, he would have been gone. Uh, you've seen two managers disappear in the last week or so. You saw uh, Sheffield United won the other night at Reading. Uh, their manager went, um, and he had a better win rate. than uh, I mean, Sheffield United's performance this season is, has been about the same as ours. They, I think they had the same record. Um, yeah, it was exactly the same. Gone. He's gone. Um, and he, he, I think he came in in the summer, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, no, so yes, he did. Uh, yeah, Yukanovic came in in the summer, and he's another guy. He's got a good track record. Got Watford promoted, as I remember. Then they sacked him, which is and Fulham. And got Fulham promoted, didn't he? Or certainly the playoffs. Yes, yeah? he did. This, yeah, this this is the Watford way. However, we're not talking about Watford, uh, but you also oh. saw Chris Hughton go. Yeah, um, and you also and and he had a, a much better win rate. That Nigel Pearson, and it wasn't a good win rate, but they still got rid. Now, if you look at the effect that Steve Cooper's had at Swans at uh, Forest, uh, I think they've played twelve, and he's only lost one. He's uh, drawn six and won five. Yeah. Now that's the effect you should get from a new manager. So my view is, um, I'm sorry it hasn't worked out because I supported Pearson and I was calling for Pearson to come in before. Um, Lee Johnson got the job, but but hang I'll on, put my hand. You're in the Pearson out camp. Me... You're in the Pearson out camp. Well, I, I'm just saying that I don't think it's working, and I think if you bring in somebody, you have to bring them in now and give them January. Now, I've I'm told by previously decent sources that he wants as many as five players, but to a degree, it depends on players going out, and you have to look and think, well, who can we sell that? Actually, apart from the ones we'd actually like to keep. Yeah. Well, who's going to buy? Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's going to buy Casey Palmer. That's that's a dead cert. Um, Les, a quick one again before we get into the action. Um, I thought McGoldrick looked an outstanding player. He's a sort of journeyman centre forward. And I think Ian said in his intro, you know, he can hold the ball. He can lay it off to the wide men. He set up... Uh, Billy Sharp, sixth goal of the season, four in five against us. Uh, he loves scoring. But McGoldrick is everything that Chris Martin is, but not enough. Would you agree with that view? Well, they're different players. Hang, hang on a minute, Dave. Can I? Sorry, can I just jump yeah. in there? You, you've, you've missed the point that Sheffield United largely play the ball. Christ, what's that? Played the I ball to his, to his chest and his feet. We just lump the ball aimlessly down the field. That's a massive difference. Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, if you look at a player like McGoldrick, I, I take your point, Ian. Les, if you look at a player like McGoldrick, he's 33, yeah? He's still doing it. He did all right. tomorrow. 
34 tomorrow, is it? But, you know, it's... Yeah. Hmm. All right, defend Chris Martin or is you, are you trying to defend the indefensible there? Because McGoldrick just shows he's the sort of player that we could have had two years ago and we didn't get. McGoldrick's yeah? a different player. McGoldrick's always, had more, right. McGoldrick's always had better legs on him than Chris Martin. And it's all well and good talking about McGoldrick, but he's not a Bristol City player. So what we need to no. do is look at the players we've got and find a system uh, or a style of play that suits the players we've got. And the best way to do that is by playing players in the best position. There's no reason why Zach Viner couldn't have played right wing back and Atkinson could have played centre back and Scott could have played in the midfield. He would offer us some options going forward. He works hard in the middle, would have supported the two midfielders in the centre. Um, yeah. But for some reason, Pearson hasn't done that. You could have you could have Scott in that number 10, playing maybe playing a bit deeper. You could have Semenya up top. You could have Wells up top. You could, that's going to frighten defences. Do you know what I mean? Because they've got yeah. pace, they've got power, they run, a, they run a lot. And unfortunately, Pearson doesn't seem to see this. So he seems to want to go with long ball, direct football. And unfortunately for us, the only way we threaten is from a set piece, a long throw or a free kick. It's horrible to watch. It's not making the most of the players we've got. Um, and I'm quite surprised that someone with so much experience isn't utilising the players he's got better. And... I don't see any way forward. I've, you know, put it this way: if the teams ain't got dock points, we'd be going down this season. Yeah, and no, I think you're right, I think you're hundred percent right then. And if it wasn't, and you're right about January, we listen. We need four or five players in January, and take the hit financially, and let the lights of Odell to go because he's on wages at the end of the season. The end of the season, his contract runs out. Um, but look, it's Pearson's job to get the best out of these players. And unfortunately, he's doing a very, very poor job at it. And the football's dire. The football is dire. I think that's the key thing there. The football has been dire for such a long time. You know, even, I well, the whole time under Pearson, we've had flashes in games, but, and even poor sides have flashes. Let's get into the action. I'll come to you first, Mark. I mean, Mark, as early as the fourth, uh, fourth as early as the first uh, minute, Brewster, who's not lived up to that 20 million that Sheffield United paid for him, although he's starting to do it. It was, it really was early doors, a case of uh, when, not if, but that was a good chance for the visitors, wasn't it? For the home side. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, I mean, Norwood just crossed and it, the, the, the ball to, to, you know, to the right hand side and he, and he just missed it. I mean, he's, I think it took him about nine months to score a goal and they were just, Carving us, carving us up with Gibbs White finding that pocket of space between the midfield and the, in front of our in front of our back three, and then of course once he's got the ball, he can bring the the wing backs into play time after time after time. But yeah, he went close, and then there was another one straight after that. But we just kept giving the ball back to them as well, you know, in our yeah. own half. Well, unforced it's, errors. It's unforced it's errors, isn't it? Yeah, All unforced the time, errors. Just too too weak. Yeah, Ian, I thought we I thought we got into the game. That's being generous, trying to be positive. Twenty first minute, Backinson shot deflected, went for a corner. Uh, Martin had an effort save with ahead, a couple more corners, but then the first of the silly booking. So did City, in your mind, Ian, get into the game a little bit around about the twentieth minute and comment on the first of the silly bookings because we're the lowest yellow card count and we ended up getting. Three today for stupid stuff, but uh, your comment on those two points, uh, Ian? Well, did we get into the game? No, at no point. Sheffield United were the better team for 90 minutes. Like, we might have had five minutes over the 103 that were played, um, or not played in some case. 
the Bentley started it utterly brainless booking, utterly brainless. And he's the captain. So from then on, O'Dowder decided he was going to throw the ball away or do something like that and get himself booked as well. Follow my leader. <sighs> brainless. And then Martin yeah. did the same thing. Now that is three of the most experienced players in the team. Yeah. You did, ben Aroos didn't do it. Scott didn't do it. Right. So yeah. th- that was utterly brainless. And it, no, at no point we were in the game. In fact, um, I was writing a review before um, we've come on air and uh, I break it. There are parts that say good parts today and bad parts today. I can't think of one good part today. Not one. And we no. went back to our two shots on target. Right. So how are you going to win games if you do that? And no one's been able to give me an answer. No. And even when I've asked the guys like Gary Hours, whose views I respect on Radio Bristol, he couldn't say anything that disagreed with what I was saying. And it's all right no. if people saying, eh, eh, you're negative. You're, you're negative. <laughs> all right, you, you tell me something to be positive about. Just something about that game to be positive about. You, I, I suppose, to be honest, you could say that Semenyo worked hard when he came on. But, I mean, if I'd have been in goal for Sheffield United, would it have been much different today? Honestly? Yeah. Got no, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's go to uh, Les uh, to talk about the goal again. I'll let each of you have a say about well the first goal. Les, uh, I missed it live, and then I couldn't believe it when I watched it on uh, Twitter about five minutes later. But literally, we had about seven men in the box, and we it was after you. It was almost like, well, go on then, shoot, shoot. Brewster's second goal in the league this season, third overall, to give the visitors a one-nil lead that. Could have been more, but your thoughts on the goal? It was pathetic defending, and there's players back there that should know better, shouldn't they? Well, I mean, the guy's on the left-hand side of the box. He's played a through ball or like a slide rule ball. Oh, sorry, my daughter's screaming. So if you hear a little... I wonder who it was in the background. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, (laughs) He's he's played a little side rule ball. And Oh, lost him there. You still there, Liz? Is it something you said, David? No, I don't that know. Mark, first, just, oh, just, just to say right, that, Ian, you that do, first... you do the first goal. You talk about the first goal while Les is well, getting that, reconnected. That first goal, they had a midfield player on the left, outside of the left of our box who got the ball and progressed. We had four players around him. Four. He passed yeah. the ball without a tackle going under no pressure to Brewster, who was unmarked. Uh, in the centre of the goal, on the edge of the box. In fact, inside the edge of the box. Yeah, pretty much on a penalty spot. Baker had got drawn towards the ball because none of the four that were around him were going to tackle him. Callas, no one was marking him, so he had all day to turn round and smash it in the bottom corner. That was one of the worst pieces of defending I've ever seen from a professional team. And it comes to the fact that a lot of them can't tackle. I'm sorry they can't. And their ball watch, they continually look where the ball is, not where the danger is. And it's all of them. And, and yeah. that's, that's got to be coaching, hasn't it? There you go. Mark, what did you think What did you think of the goal? What did you think of the goal? Well, the ball, went, the, the ball went to Hurahing. He passed it to Stevens. Now, Stevens is the left wing back, and he moves inside of Hurahing, who's a central midfield player. And then he's able to pass it back 
to Brewster, who's got so much time on the edge of the area and he hits it through Callas's legs. Callas tries to block it, but there's no pressure on the ball at all. And this was the problem today, just no no pressure on the ball. Players, you know, players not willing to, willing to make a challenge. And when we did win the ball, if we did win the ball, we were moving out with it, we give it straight back again. But yeah, it was just simply um, Hurahane just uh, side-footed it to Stephen. Stephen to Brewster on the D more or less, and then he just strikes the ball cleanly through through Carlos's legs. It's just it's just too easy. And there were lots there were lots of those. I'm just watching it again. It's just embarrassing, absolutely yeah. embarrassing. There's about six six or seven players behind the ball here. There and there's I mean Carlos is next. Yeah, Carlos didn't even put put a challenge in really. But, um, you know, this, no. this is shocking. I mean, I, I was thinking to begin with, the first 20 minutes, City were almost like a non-league team who turned up for third round day and we were happy to be there. Simple as that. You know, no, I think, hey, Ian, look, you're right. And I mean, look, let's not, let's not get away from the fact that the two home games where we picked up four valuable points, right? We could easily have lost both of those, yeah? And, you know, we... we you know, we there's something intrinsically wrong. I mean, I'm just reading here. Pearson blames bad decisions, but Sheffield loss can be a learning curve. For Christ's sake! All right, let's go into the second half. Ian Nathan Baker. Uh, I haven't listened to any of the post-match stuff. Uh, going off again. Um, unlucky or a liability? As I say, first of all, we hope he's well. Have we heard how he is? Because it looked a nasty one. Twelve minutes of stoppage time. Uh, well, down Pearson. to him, I think it was. Pearson said after the game we'll have to assess him, which probably means that he hasn't gone to hospital, I would mm. hope. Um, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying from what Pearson said, and more importantly, what he didn't say. He didn't say, oh, Nathan's gone to hospital. Um, what I tweeted out and what I said on Radio Bristol is that I'm very worried about Nathan Baker and the, the chances of him coming down with dementia at a later age because he's continually getting knocked out. And it's not the first time he's left the field. Normally he leaves the field before half-time, but if you look at he got carried off at West Brom, he got taken off against Stoke the other mm. night, and he's got carried off again today. It was a, it was a jump, and, and why are we pushing a left-sided centre-back forward into midfield to get flick-ons? We did it with Flynn, and it, I don't like it as a tactic at all. I think it's a horrible tactic because it leaves players out of position, and we don't pick up flick-ons. Yeah. Um, the, the their defender came in, won the ball quite fairly. It appeared to me that Baker went headfirst into his back, didn't even yeah. get his hands up to protect himself. And I think the coaches have got to sit down with the lad because he gets injured far too much. And some they've I know he's thirty or whatever he is. They've got to get older, the lad, and say, look, we, we need to do some different coaching or some retraining here because I'm worried sick about the bloke. And it must be difficult. I mean, I haven't got much sympathy for Pearson, as you probably gathered, but um, it must be difficult. When you look at players like he and Joe Williams, who we know is going to be out for what was described as weeks. Yeah. And many weeks we don't. That's probably that's probably the new. That's probably going to be the new year, Ian. I would think. No, well, in our track record down here, we don't know. But but apparently somebody landed on his leg and hurt his hamstring in his other leg. Yeah, the one that he had the operation and all that on, and it was pure bad luck. But Pearson's got to be looking at that, and it's one way I feel for a manager. If you've got two blokes in the side 
that you think I need these two blokes in my team because on their day they're well worth being in a team and they're good players. Yeah, but on their day when they're with in. O- with, hang on, with only three players to come on as subs, you've already taken up two of them with those two. And yeah. there you make particularly early tactical substitutions because you've got to thinking, well, what's the chance of Bakes making 90 minutes? And what's the chance of Joe Williams lasting yeah. 90 minutes? Because he just doesn't do it. Um, yeah. And I think that that when we, we bring in players, as I say, I've been told Pearson's looking, he wants five. Um, and one of them is, is a centre forward, I can tell you that. But I, I don't honestly... He definitely needs two midfield players. He needs someone who can t- a holding midfield player, like a Khalifa Cisse. And I know I've said this before. I'm going to go on saying it until we do it. And a Brian Tinian type player. Um, yeah. And preferably left-sided, because all our midfield players are right-footed. Alex, I don't call O'Dowd a midfield player. He's a wide player. But, he's a waste of space, but there we go. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's get on to looking for... Let's get on to looking... No, true. And he showed what oh, he could uh, can do. I just he showed what post, he could do. Post yeah. rep- can I just say something? The post are reporting that he's gone to hospital. That was 35 minutes ago. There's no update really on Twitter about right, uh, right, Baker. Okay. But we, we wish him well. But going back to what you said, Ian, I mean, about head injuries, I mean, of course, there's been, there's that, um, in, you know, in, in ex-England rugby, rugby union players, a lot of them have suffered early stage dementia. And you've got to worry, you know, young men in their late thirties, early forties, they're developing that, and it does it does concern you because they've yeah. had repeated head injuries, concussion. So and he does it, seem to you know, it does it does, yeah. it does sound it does sound bad, but taken, you know, you take it into you balance that with the, the with those players and experience, it tells you, you know, you perhaps you, you need to worry. Yeah, let's get back into the action. We talk about transfers and Pearson when we've wrapped it up. I mean, in the second half for them, Billy Sharp came on for uh, Rian Brewster. Um, there was two saves by Dan Bentley immediately after that. I think one was a header from uh, Sharp, but Bents did well. We did when you're one nil down, you can be playing crap and you can still have a chance. And I've got written down here: sixty-nine minutes, Vyman in the clear, fumbled possession. Played the ball to Backinson over the top. I've said this a lot of times about Vyman. He never looks calm when he's got the ball at his feet. Yes, I know he scored four, bra- two braces, three braces this season. So he's got goal scores. That shuts me up. But he never looks in control. We get a goal then. It's 1-1. One, one. The whole complexion of the game changes. He needed, and then, he needed support on the right, though. Sheffield United got he that did, ball. He did. He did. The, the right. They got players running through. Exactly. And then, and then 13 minutes after that, Naki Wells... Uh, was in the clear, poor touch from him. And straight after that, uh, Callum did get the ball in a good position, uh, but it was a poor cross. So there were two chances for City before the inevitable happened on the 88th minute. Ian, talk us through that second goal on 88. It had to be Billy Sharp because he's a bit like David Kelly. I know it was Alan Kelly, the ex-Walsall player, and David Steve Kelly. Ford. They like scoring against us. That's four in five for Billy Sharp. But take us through that goal, Ian. What do you think of it? Well, once again, we lost possession in midfield. Sheffield United dominated the entire game. They got away in our uh, inside or their inside right channel. Uh, the ball went round the back for the umpteenth time. I completely lost count today. Atkinson couldn't catch. I think it was Bogle, uh, who shouldn't have been on the pitch, to be honest, uh, who crossed it. And there was Billy Sharp with a tap in about, you know, in Billy Sharp territory, about five yards out. 
Um, awful defending again. And it's typical. I mean, it's like some, some side's got a flying left winger who's destroying your fullback, and you just let them keep doing it. So you've either got, in that case, you've either got to stop the ball getting to him, make push him back towards, it, towards his own goal so he has to defend, not attack, um, or get somebody over to help defend. And we didn't do that on either flank. We didn't do it for the entire game. And it was just, it wasn't, like they were doing worldy passes from midfield that were no. opening us up like a tin of beans. It was the same pass, right and left side. Same yeah. thing. And they yeah. kept doing it. And it happened again the other night. And I'm sorry, but, you know... The, a, it is a coaching, coaching Look, it, it gets to a point, doesn't it, where, you know, we shilly shally round and Nigel Pearson, yeah, what a great manager and what have you. But it is the coaching. Him and Fleming are coaching that team. We can't blame Tweedledum and Tweedledee because they're out of it. So it is fundamentally, yeah, all right, we'll talk a bit more about Pearson in a minute. I put on Twitter three words that sum up the performance today. George, no midfield today, very poor. Well, that's uh, five words there. Dan Healy, dreadful, shambolic, pathetic. Mark, P- Mark Carter, Pearson, no clue. Tony Wilkins, dire, that's one word, uh, not three. Dave Fevs, he put uh, poor, lacked fight, dillertism, no midfield control. Richard John, no central midfield. Best one for me, owes it. Nigel Chivers, that is. Control, or delete. Uh, Kebab O'Brien, I think that's Matt Pickles. Passionless, clueless, rudderless. Who are you? Who, who? Uh, lack of everything. I think that's a good uh, summary there. I mean... Mark, 13 minutes of injury time. God, if we'd have been winning one nil, it was bad enough the other night with nine. But 13 minutes, that was all because of uh, Bakes' injury, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, we, yeah, we should have I'm just said, we should just said, look, let's come off now. Let's come off now. Don't you agree? I can, remember, I can remember it was a, there was a game years ago. I don't know if you remember it. But I think we played, we played Sheffield Wednesday and we played Brentford in the Cup on a Thursday night due to TV. Lloyd Awusu. Lloyd Awusu. Oh, lads, we yeah, got people well, listening to this that are under 50. Don't go roaring <laughs> off dang memory. Well, we, we, <laughs> there was about <laughs> five minutes of injury time, but the ball had hit make, somebody make in the crowd. So the referee, we were 4-2 down and the referee blew the whistle with, with about two minutes injury time left. And I just wish that had been brought to a close on about 92 minutes. If you add on, yeah. the, if you add on the, the three minutes of injury time at the end of the first half, that was 106-minute game. I mean, it was just... How we didn't lose six or seven nil, it was only because of United's poor finishing because they got behind round us so easily. I mean that final ball, it was just played from central midfield behind behind uh, um, Masengo, and of course cut out cut out O'Dowd uh, McGoldrick. He's not the quickest, but he put put it on a plate for Billy Sharp, and that's how you finish. Yeah, and, and no, that, he does. You know, All right, let's get into you know, let's get into win. what 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 the solution is. I mean, BCFCO one he put on here having James Williams, King, Tanner not available didn't help. I think James Williams, King hasn't been available enough to really make a difference. It left us with a very young and lightweight midfield, offered no protection to the defence, having Backinson back to ambling round, bottling challenges, and the team not being able to string two passes together didn't help. He says the only positives were Viner and O'Dowder really having good games. Callas and Baker not far behind. Masengo was busy but left gaps all over the place. Scott and Benarus weren't at the races. Martin and Viman not in the game and didn't do too much to try and get into it. And the referee was a see you next Tuesday, I think he means there. Hard watch today again. Ian, look, we have got injuries. 
again, again. But you know, we got Wayne Rooney's Derby County up next. You know what? You know Bates is going to be out for that one. You know, you usually predict your side, but what what can change between now and Saturday against Derby? Nothing. Well, I would have hoped uh, Matty James would be fit. Uh, because he didn't mention him in his uh, they'll be out for a week's bit after the game. Tanner, I think, is probably borderline at the moment. Um, but what I want to see is a is a shape that could work. I don't mean to say it will, but I'm looking at a shape that could work. I mean, we can still play three centre-backs if we want to, uh, even with Baker out, because you just pull Atkinson in. Um, the right back spot, I think, if I go to Ashton Gate next week and Scott is and he's it's the same team or anything like it in the same shape, I'll just walk off the pitch, uh, walk out the ground. Sorry, I bet you don't. I bet you don't. I bet you well, don't. I bet you don't be honest, because I t- it's, it's all I can do at the moment um, to fly back and go down there. But it's it's all I can do. Uh, I'm just I'm getting to the point a bit like Les said the other week where you're just almost disinterested in it uh, and I'll give you an interesting stat today we beat Stoke in midweek and we lost to Sheffield United today with exactly the same amount of possession yeah 35 stat, wasn't it yeah something like that yeah 35%, 35%. and we're and it's, I'm glad to see that we're, we're consistent because we're back to having two shots on target and only have only having seven attempts. That Sheffield United had twenty-one and five yeah. on target. Unbelievable. And that, and that says as much for their poor quality and being unable to finish. Um, uh, someone said on there when he when asked about injuries in the next game, he said he didn't expect to make. Uh, he said many changes, not any. I don't think we'll be able to make many changes. Um, and that would su- suggest that he might be able to make one. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, I don't want to see Alex Scott played out of position anymore. No. If you're not going to play with a, an attacking midfielder or a 10, so the old Luke Freeman position yeah. as part of three narrow or a 10 behind two strikers, um, leave the kid out. And the same, yeah. same goes for Eamon Benarus because it's unfair on them and it's unfair on their yeah. development. Yeah. Um, Mark, don't you think it's a bit of a luxury or a little bit of unnecessary risk having the likes of Scott, Benarus and O'Dowda in the team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they O'Dowda's not a youngster, but you you what they they are in my opinion what you would call lightweight. You know, they're not really going to Put a foot in. They're not really. Gonna, yeah, they're not really going to tackle. And then you've got, you've got Backinson with his laconic style on his when he's at his worst. God, when he's bad, he's bad. He really is. And then Masengo, you know, if you look at that midfield five yesterday, this afternoon, I should say, you had four blokes that Masengo was probably running out of position because the rest of them didn't. We're either not getting the ball or didn't know what to do. And was there not a case, you know, that you play your most experienced players? Mark, was there not a case maybe for pushing, I don't know, pushing um, Vyman into midfield, which is where he played, yeah, at the start of uh, Holden's tenure, pushing Wyman in midfield and trying Naki and Chris Martin up front rather than playing, playing two youngsters 
and a lightweight. Mark, you first, and same to you, Ian, but Mark, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we played two number eights, didn't we, at the start under Hold, and we played, we played Patterson and, and, and uh, Vyman, uh, and still played Wells and, and Martin up front, and we played Rowan, Rowan Hunt on, on the wide, as, on, the, on, the, on the flanks as wing-backs, and, you know, and ping, and ping crosses in and, and won games. But, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's a, there's a case if Wersengo's going to play, you could play, play him behind the front two because I think he's good at, he's good at winning the ball in the fight, in, in the opponent's half if we get, if we get that far. But Benarus and Scott are too similar. Uh, I don't think yeah. we can play them in the same side. One, one or the other behind, behind the front pair in a, in a, in a, in a three, in a three, four, one, two. But knowing that we were shorn of, of Joe Williams and there was no Matty James, why not? Bulk up the midfield with with Viner. He played in there as, as an auxiliary midfielder against Swansea last season. He did okay, you know. At least don't take take the chance. What? Don't okay, take the I chance get... to get overrun. It's almost as well, like he he planned to fails. And, and I, I remember I remember Johnson did that. He played a game against uh, Derby, I think, about four seasons ago, and he, he played a ridiculous sauntering down a memory lane. We got Amber five we got we got hammered. It was almost like say, look, here you go. I'm playing the same side, and I'm, I'm going to get hammered. This is who I need. Plan to fail. Why, why do it? Ian, Stupid. Ian, Stupid. Ian. Yeah, we don't. Hello. We go down memory lane and what have you. But look, I mean, it, 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 lightweights in midfield. But as Mark's just said, setting up to fail. We could have had a more robust lineup to start with, with the players available, and that doesn't mean putting um, Viner. In midfield, Viner could have moved to right back, right back, you know, and not have this ineffectual lightweight Alex Scott, who we really like. But you could have had Viner at right back, and then you could have had Callas, Baker, Atkinson to start. I know Baker's got injured, and then you could have had Cam Pring right on there. And if you want to play a wide left player, I see he got a place back in the team. That was De Silva. You could have played De Silva in front of Atkinson. So he's not helping himself. You know, do you think? What do you think, Ian? Because that 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 was well, defensively I, more robust than what we got, isn't it? Or what we started with. I, ans- I answered the question at the start of the week. In in tweets I sent to you, stuff I put on the Bristol City forum or Ciderez, if you prefer. We could have brought in today Semenyo, Wells, Atkinson, uh, Simpson, Pring. We could have also brought in the man this banished because he said <clears throat> when he was interviewed, I'm going to have to play some of these players between now and the end of the season. Might be a case of having to. You also got Palmer. So there's six you yeah. could have brought in. Now, if you're not going to do that and you're going to play players and wear them out and let them get injured and go down that route, it's your own fault. And that's just poor management. I'm ever so sorry. But it's just, well, not actually, it's just poor management. And you could have played 4-5-1, you could have bought Campering, Viner right back, Campering left back, uh, to two centre-backs we started with, no problem with that. That's four. The five could have been O'Dowd a wide left, Semenyo wide right. Yeah. Uh, Backinson, who most of us would have played after the way he did uh, and scored a goal against uh, Stoke. Masengo. But then you bring in Andy Vineman, or uh, Casey Palmer, yeah. and then you've got one up top. But so if you brought Weinman in, you've got three attacking midfield players, and you've got a guy up front. But overall, the pattern of play has to change because it's no good playing with one up top, <laughs> who's not the biggest, and just whooshing it 
you've got to yeah. play through the thirds. If, yeah. if and you Ian, that method. Ian, do you think yeah. that Danny – is it Danny Simpson? It is Danny Simpson, and I can't remember. Yeah. Going, going, do you think he's he, – what is the point of having him on the bench? Because you could have brought him on when it was clear that Scott was being run ragged. Is Simpson just taking a place on the bench that could go to – I don't know. But, you know, he could have been brought on today for the last half hour when the game was – not say lost, but we need his stability. But it just it, it, it just seems as he's waste of a wage at the moment, doesn't he? I'm puzzled as to why we signed him. I was puzzled at the time and I'm even more puzzled now. Um he would have got run ragged as well. Because they'd have flipped the put the ball into exactly the same space um and played around us exactly the same way with, with him at right back. All right, his positionally he would have been better than Scott, but he would have played more as a right back as opposed to a right wing back. Um, but all those players are available and he's not using them. So he'd be looking around him. I mean, he's sending clear signals to Steve Lansdowne that he wants more players. And Steve Lansdowne's got to sit over in Guernsey and think, right, I'm looking at that. It's not very good. His yeah. record's been appalling since he come in. Now, do I bite the bullet? and get rid of him now and give somebody else a wee bit of time and the money in January? Or do I give this bloke who's been appalling since he's come through the door um, the money? And, okay, uh, well, let's assume all right, it is a difficult one. I've, I've heard from a fairly reliable source that Mr. Lansdowne is in Botswana at the moment. Yeah. Now, I don't think he was at the game Wednesday night. I don't know how much truth there is in that. But, you know, if he's over there, he ain't going to be coming back anytime soon, is he? I heard he was in Egypt, David, because he, he's in denial. In denial. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. Anyway, it doesn't matter where he is, does it? Anyway, it doesn't matter If I'm in Madeira or Hong Kong... They got the internet. I can watch the game. No, they have. They so, have. But okay, I mean, look. He certainly if, knows what the results are. Okay, so if if Nigel Pearson has got the money, if Nigel Pearson is in charge to spend in the window, right, which is mm-hmm. sort of like four weeks away. I come to Mark first, right? Ian said five players, right? Mark, let's let's be conservative, and let's say let's say three. Right, not just five bums on seats. Let's say three. What are the three must sign positions? Same to you, okay. Ian, in a second, but just three. What are yeah, the three? A, dest- a destroyer midfield player, who can, you know, holding midfield player who can who can tackle and be the water carrier midfield, and a, pl- a playmaker who can who can who can who can pass the ball to the forwards, and a big centre forward. Who can uh, play? You know, play alongside a, a quick man, either Wells or or Vineman. If it's five players, two old and two old. No, let's not. Let us know because it's going to be five. Right, it's going to be five. Three, right, three players. Think, that's the three I go for. All right. Um, two midfielders and a forward. All right, Ian. Three, only three. What are they going to be in your book? Oh, same old midfield player, creative central midfield player, and a centre forward. All right. So, Khalifa, so, you say Brian Tinian, and I'll go and get Michael Smith from Rotherham. Thanks for the Tinian. memory. <laughs> or so what about Jamil Matt? Jamil Matt from uh, Forest Green. Would he be a worthwhile yeah, go signing? And, go and get in as well. Because if we're going to boot it, 
There is absolutely no point in having blokes up front that are under six foot two or three. It's, what's the point? If we're going to play like the old Wimbledon, and it seems to me that's how Pearson wants to play, and we're just going to play boutique, go and get a boot. You probably Smith's out of contract in six months, so Bournemouth's got up Bournemouth. Rotherham got to take the best offer they can get, or or say no, we'll have him for the rest of the season and we'll get promoted in any walks for nothing. Or um and the same with Jamil Matt. You know, Forest Green ain't gonna turn down a, a decent offer and we can afford to stage the payments to them as well, because the amount of money we could give them, split even over three years, would be very worthwhile to a club of that size. Um, he's not a young player, actions. actually. I thought he, I thought he was in his twenties, but he's uh, he's actually thirty-two. I was surprised about that. Who's What's that? Is that the is that ah, the yeah, Forest Green book? Yeah, yeah. I think I said on I think I said on Wednesday. I think I said on Wednesday that the Rotherham kiddie. I was chatting to a Rotherham fan, and he said, "Good League One player, but not enough to cut it." At, um, at at championship level, and I think the same was levelled at Charlie White, who got all the goals for Sunderland, who's at, who's at Wigan at a moment. And again, repeating what I said on Wednesday, I'll say anyway: you sign this guy from Rotherham or any thirty-two-year-old on a three-year contract, or maybe a two-year with a one-year option, it costs you one 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 and a quarter million. Is probably going to get the Rotherham striker. Yeah, but then he's probably going to be on ten grand a week for three years, right? That's what three million quid on a non-saleable asset. I just don't see it with the Rotherham guy. And what you're really saying is a player who he's played in every game this season, he's never been dropped or rested, Chris Martin, he's one of the first ones to go out through the door. And a midfield, without, and when I say go out through the door, I mean he's going to lose his place, whoever comes in, right? So that's where that one comes in. In the midfield, we know Joe Williams in a reliable format. I get it that two can come in there. But it keeps coming back to the coaching because some of this team on paper, right, they ain't bad players. I know we've had this injury problem. I don't think we play Scott and Benarus in the same team. I think they're two samey, as Marcus said. But even if we go out and sign those three players, yeah, the two midfielders, right, I mean, let's have some... Yeah, it's easy to identify the centre-forward, but who, Ian or Mark... Do, do do you get in midfield? Who who would we sign? We must have we must have targets that have got to be better than what we've got. Any names that you can think of? No, not, not, for not, a, not off the top. Well, I suppose if you're looking for a creative player, we can go back to some old ones like Barry Bannon, who's then he and the first flush of youth. It may be that we <coughs> excuse me that we have to use uh, the loan market and. Um, Unfortunately, I think we've got um, players in midfield that we can't rely on. I think Andy King will be gone at the end of this year. Uh, Matty James was decent until he picked up a knock, and that was a couple of games before he actually went down on the floor and said he's gone. Um, and, and so I, I quite, I, I think he's been decent, um, but there's no reason for Simpson. Uh, Andy King, is is he going to make a difference? A little bit, I think, with the experience. He, he gets the odd goal. Um, but I don't honestly think that... Um, uh, it, and I think Steve Lansdowne might be nervous about spending money in, in case he thinks, well, look, if it doesn't work, if we bring these players in and it doesn't work, I'm stuck with more wages, more salaries, um, and I've, I've still got a manager who I'm not sure about. And I really wouldn't be sure about Pearson if we went down a division, 
because that's the way we're heading. Um, well, I'll, so, I'll, I mean, I'll, yeah, you. I mean, I don't think he's going to go, right? I don't think them. I think Pearson's here, right? And I think, yeah. I think Derby, Derby are gone now. You know, but it's interesting this weekend that Hull, Cardiff, and who were the other team that won down there? There was three of the teams um, just above the bottom three that won because our gap has uh, narrowed now. Yeah, I mean the the fact of the matter is, it's probably going to be Derby, Barnsley, and Peterborough. Yeah, and we're probably going to get in, we've got enough to survive. I think. So I don't think Pearson's going to go. I just don't have confidence in, you know, we don't see any, I don't even see big boot, Ian, to be honest. I just, I watch it and it's, it's more fun watching paint dry. You know, I, I went up and topped my bonfire up partway through. There's the no pattern of play, is there? No, no pattern, no, no pattern what, of play. What is, no what st- is no our, style. what we're is our, our identity? Our side, we're not a passing side. What is our identity? We're a struggling you know, side. That's our identity. But Ian, you say get, you say get somebody. You know, you're not your default, but you're you're saying, well, we got to get somebody. So we lose to Derby, yeah, and then who we got after Derby? Is it Derby at home? Hull, Hull and then Hull away, right? So we got we two games, games coming in up. A row. <laughs> exactly. Under have they got a new manager as well now? Grant no, Grant McCann is still there. there. Probably win the probably win the, um, the the manager in a month for yeah. that. All right, Ian, what is the trigger point? Then, in your mind, for Pearson to go because he got, you know, we got that win against Stoke and we drew against Blackburn and we've lost badly today. But what is your trigger point? Lose the next two to give a new bloke to give a new bloke time in the window. Yeah. I would have thought if we lose badly against Derby, that could see the end of him. <clears throat> because if you look at where we are now, I mean, someone on here has pointed out that if you add the deductions back on, we're two points above the relegation places. Mm. Um, so we, we're seven uh, ahead of Peterborough, who are 22nd on 16. Um, and it's it's very congested. I mean, if you look, had we won today, and uh, it's always a big if, but had we won today, uh, we would have been... 15th and six points so off the playoffs, might... bizarrely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't so, go, go there, Dave. Don't go my, there. <laughs> my, my, my trigger, my trigger point is when it becomes. I mean, I, I, I the trigger point for me was, was weeks ago, to be perfectly honest, because I've just been getting uh, losing faith more and more and more in Pearson. But it, Lansdowne is it must well, let, let's not say it's Steve Lansdowne. Let's say it's John Lansdowne and Richard Gould. They must be in a place at the moment where they're thinking, this ain't going well. I think the answer to the question I haven't thought about it is home form. If our home form persisted with picking up, you know, two points a game, I think he'll stay. It doesn't matter what happens to the, in the away games. Right? But if, if we start losing at home and possibly even drawing at home, um, I think that'll do it, uh, but but I think it's very difficult. Are there three worst sides in the division in us? Some days yes, some days no. Yeah, uh, those are the three. T- right. Sorry. Yeah, Dar- Darby and Barnsley. You know, Barnsley are what? Let's see, eight. 
9, 10, 11 points behind us. And you've got to ask the question, are they going to pick up 11 more points than us over the next 26 games? Could do it, but I'm not sure. Um, Peterborough. And then the other thing you look at is is their goal differences that are vastly inferior, which is worse. Well, Peterborough's is minus 21 and ours is, mm. ours is minus nine. Barnes, so. is minus, Barnes is minus 18. So at the moment, yeah. barring heavy defeats, that's worth a point as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, 16. So, so we're eight points clear of the bottom three. So, Darby, but Hull, Darby, I think Derby got QPR tomorrow night, haven't they? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the three yeah, teams and, that won and, and yesterday got... were Hull, Cardiff, and Reading. That's right. So Reading, despite their deduction, you know, they're making making a fist of it, basically, aren't they? Yeah, that they got a chance. Mm-hmm. So we could we could easily over the next couple of weeks, let's say we don't beat Derby and we lose away at Hull, we could be sitting there in twenty first. Yeah, and as long as there is a, I think as long as we're six points clear of the relegation zone, yeah, I think he's safe as long as it's six points. Yeah, that that's that's yeah. Why why am I saying that? It's just a view. Actually, I don't think he's going to pull the trigger again, and I think he'd sooner come down and come back up despite the money. Well, he's not going to spend. He's not going to spend the money, David. What, does that mean, mean logically that? Does that mean logically? Sorry to interrupt. That there are players lined up, you know, that he's he is going to trust um, uh, Nigel Pearson with, with, and it's got to be loans. Maybe loan loan to buy. You know, you play X number of games and you buy. <laughs> well, you, you say loan to a, buy, a, but we thing. know he doesn't like he doesn't like loans because if well, he's going to have no choice. I that, mean, there's not permanent transfers. You've got inflate, you get inflated deals. What you, you're going to spend over the odds, aren't you? That, 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 that doesn't matter, Dave. Does it? If he doesn't like loans. You know, if, if if that's all we can get, what would you rather have, Tammy Abraham on loan, or go and sign, sign a, a a journeyman player for hundred grand, who ain't going to make a blind bit of difference to your team? No, no but this but is what I said you, again. I said this on Wednesday, guys. That look, the cost of signing the guy, the kiddie from Rotherham, right, is three million quid over three years, right? And this season, if everybody well, does lots, well, hang on, I, I'm just. Just doing basic maths that we pay 1.2 million for him, 10 grand a week in wages on a three year contract. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. 1.2 million for a League One centre forward, right? Who's out of contract in in six months' time. All right, let's say 800k. All right, let's say 800k. Right? 800k, different number. Yeah. 800k, 10 grand a week. Probably six. 10 grand a week. Seven or eight. Call it eight. All right, so 50, 50, uh, 8, 5, 400, 1.2 million wages. Call it 2 million quid. Right, there you go, for the Rotherham player. Right, that's total cost of acquisition, including wages. And I said on Wednesday that if we want players that are going to make a difference, and this isn't a good example because he probably wouldn't suit our style, which is, as you say, big boot. But you could go out and you could spend half that money on signing Dwight Gale paying all his wages for 20 weeks and he is better than anybody that we've got at scoring goals because that's what we've got to give him the ball that's the only problem (laughs) but you've said a a total you both of you have said a total remodeling of the midfield right because that's what it is two players are better than what we've got and a center forward so if they got to be better than what we've got then who is who is out there? Is I don't think a League One player with Rotherham is any better than Chris Martin. 
possibly. Right. So, so you know, so it has to be better than what we've got. I don't think anybody's going to buy any of our players. The only ones that are likely to go out the door are people that we wouldn't really want to lose, which is Callas or Bentley. I don't really see somebody coming in and offering three or four million quid for Masengo or something like that, so we break even on it. It's a real conundrum. And even if Pearson goes, right, which I don't think he will, and he's not going to go of his own accord, and he did seem fitter in terms of the press uh, the press interviews he's done recently. Pearson's not going anywhere. Even if he did go, right, who is going to come in and make a difference to keep us up because well, at the moment yeah, we we're in, yeah. at the moment we're flirting. We're not even flirting with relegation at the moment, really. Yeah. No, Cause we're we do run the risk going for, we're doing a McGuinness to O'Dowda. Uh, so a bit against O'Dowda, O'Driscoll situation like we did, but we, I mean, we are not in the position we were in 2012, 13. Um, no. We ended up losing 27 games then. We were in a safer position and Lansdowne, he's, I mean, even after Johnson lost eight games in the 2016-17 season, he didn't pull the trigger. No, but that's, cause it was, that's, because, yeah. that's because it was a Johnson. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He he's not likely into the unless we're in the bottom three. He's not one to sack managers unless we're in 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 the in, in the bottom three for some reason. Although the foot, although the football is is the worst it's been for for, for probably a generation. And um, he's only won. He's only won six games in 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 thirty four. Uh, sorry, eight games in thirty four. He won't pull the trigger unless he thinks we're going to be relegated. That that's that's my my logic on it. Even though other people may beg may beg to differ, but knowing the mess we would make with recruitment, then we'd probably get some get well, somebody worse. The other worse. thing, Ian. Speak no. Say so what you got to say. So following uh, your logic, don't do anything. No, I don't want to. I don't say. I didn't say. No, I didn't I'm say. Not don't you. do anything. I'm not about Dave. I'm, I'm, oh, not yeah, about, yeah. I'm not about you. I'm talking to Dave. Well, uh, don't do anything. What, I. What's your view? Well, my so, view is no. Well, no, my, no my, look, my, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, <laughs> because you, we, the three of us can't think of the, of the players, right? We've got a bloke down there does nothing else all day but think of players. So Pearson Sean has been. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I know his name. Should, go and get. I, I need. This and I want five of them. All right, don't care what the positions are. That that's not important, right? I want those players. You come up with a list, which is what they say. What Ashton always used to say: we've always got three or four options of players we can go to. So yeah. there's four left backs, four right backs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You say to Nigel Pearson, right? Do you know any of them? And let's have a look at the scouting reports, and let's let's see who you want. Where are we weak? And the other side of it that you're not allowing for is injuries. If we get any more injuries, let's say, for example, Callas gets injured next week. Yeah. Right? Then what? Yeah. We got the oh, just an update there. Nathan's been discharged from hospital. Nathan Baker has been discharged from hospital. Liam's just put that. Brilliant. Liam's yeah, out. Get better, so get better soon, Nathan. We're all thinking yeah. of you. Best, best, best news I've had all day. And I haven't had much good news. But, yeah. but you, you, we've got people down there who will find those players, be in no doubt. They'll have a budget. It's no good going up and saying, well, Man City have got a bloke up there. He's only on uh, 140 grand a week and they'll let him out on loan. All right, we're not having him then. So there, there's a, we're in the bargain basement side of it. We're not quite a Blackpool or a Luton, but we're, we're certainly not a, a club with uh, parachute money. So 
there will be players that we can get that will be better than ours. And they'll certainly be better than um, having Backinson and Masengo in the middle of midfield on their own because they're just not good enough, strong enough, experienced yeah. enough. Sorry and all that, but that, they are judged when they're in the team. I don't care how old they are. They're judged as professional footballers. But yeah. the question is, could anybody get a better tune out of what we have available and the squad? So we've got a squad of 25, now that Ben Roos is in it. We've got five injured and we've got one out on loan. So that's six down to start with. So we've got 19 players, one of which is Casey Palmer. But Who's still, persona non grata, can, yeah. Well, he can, he can still shake it up. He can still freshen it up. He chose not to do that. And I think half of it, he's too busy trying to prove a point to Lansdowne. And the, the point he might prove is that, mm, is this bloke really up to the job? Because I, I just don't, sorry, I, I'm just, I can't see how and where it's going to turn around and why. And if anybody can tell me, factually and honestly, we can all see the problems. You don't have to be Pep Guardiola to pick that up. Factually and honestly, how is Nigel Pearson, Curtis Fleming and co going to change it round for us to, to get to, I, I won't excite, mid-table safety. So the sort of position, um, I don't know, somebody like Blackpool or Middlesbrough where they get yeah. three or four points more than us now. And on paper, Ian, on paper, mm-hmm. our squad on paper mm-hmm. is stronger than theirs, man for man. Yeah, but not with the injuries. We've, we've, for example, our central midfield options are five players, three of which are injured. King, James, yeah. Williams. So all, so that's where the weakness is. It's no good saying, ah, yeah, but hang on, Ian, we got five centre-backs. Fabulous. If you're playing a three, that leaves you two spare. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, um, it's, it's where you're weak and what you need. And, and I don't think... Uh, I'd be let's put it this way um, I'd be very, very, be very surprised to see King Simpson um, here next season and hopefully he'll learn from he'll learn from that mistake and if I, he's I here where the players if he's here and and, and I, oh, I I just tell me what's going to change everything make me feel better please anybody I can't and what somebody's put on here Dave this is Dave on the uh, on the uh, Podbean app, he said, I'm not NP in or out. I've reached a camp kind of ambivalence to it. My concern is we move from MA having too much control to Nigel Pearson. And it, it's interesting, as you say, we got a bloke that's doing recruitment all day, right? We've got a chief executive who knows, n- 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 I don't want to, because we, we all agree that Richard Gould is a great chief executive, but is he a football man? No. So what the conversations between, Gillespie and Pearson, they're the ones we'd all like to be party to. But then I can see them having players that Lansdowne, be that junior or senior, ain't going to sanction it because he doesn't want to spend the money. Because there's no point in getting in players that aren't any better than what we've got. And that's what Pearson Dave, said. You, Dave, no, that's just a ridiculous remark because no one's suggesting you'll get players in worse worse than what we've got. That would be pointless and stupid and nobody with half a brain would ever even suggest it. So you, the, the thing is, you say to Sean Gillespie, right, we need a player this, 
as good as a fully fit Joe Williams, please. Yeah. So let's forget better than, let's say as good as. Um, we want another central defender that's as good as good as if you we don't need a central defender if, if the if they ever find where Rob Cundy is, because I'm <laughs> to even in some persons because we never yeah. Yeah, missing person. We never heard of him, and it, he was somebody said he was back in training the other week. So we don't need one of those. But that's why I say we need two in midfield because we've got five central midfield players in the first team squad, two of which are injured, and the other two um, aren't good enough to play week in week out, and they're certainly not good enough to play three games in eight days. And that's the mistake that Nigel Pearson made, and that's unforgivable for a man with his experience. Yeah. That's as simple as that. And we've got somebody full-time. All they do is look at football players. Right? be an ideal job. I'd love a job like that. You want to pay me money, and all I'll do, it, it, Nigel Pearson says, right, go and find me a right winger. Off you go, and you, you, you find half a dozen of the best right wingers in League One, League Two. Anybody that's in a Premier squad that's not getting football, that is a younger player, thus affordable, or somebody that you might say to Liverpool, look, can we have him and we'll pay half his wages or something like that. There's loads of good... Well, there's there's loads of options. There's loads of options. I mean, um, Mark, I'm going to finish it here because uh, I'm, I, you know, it just seems to be going round and round in circles. We have one half decent game of entertainment. I'll say that an exciting game Wednesday, and we're back to, you know, the same old stuff week in week out. What are your thoughts, uh, Mark? Just to uh, conclude the discussions for today, you, you do you agree with me that Pearson's going nowhere? I think we're agreed as a trio that you know it's a forward and two midfielders but i mean you know what you know what what hope can you give us going into the game against derby on um, on saturday this coming saturday well you know, we know we're not going to have joe williams um may not have matty james i think they've got to make some changes to make to make us strong to make us stronger um just you say just use common sense he have not done that probably for the last last year year and a bit but we just got hope that he, he makes he makes a few changes that make that make us a bit a bit tighter players players who are a bit tighter on the ball you know stick stick to their man track runners make make tackles just do the do the basic things and that we create a few chances can I just promote an event that's coming up on Saturday that people will will like is that okay go on then. You right, may. before Saturday's <laughs> game uh, in the concourse between the Lansdowne, the Lansdowne uh, Club Bar and the Supporters Club and Trust Bar, which is in the uh, the sp- above the sports bar, uh, Trevor Tainton, Paul Cheesley, Tom Ritchie, and Jerry Sweeney will all be there signing copies of the Four Seasons book, uh, with uh, who has been written by uh, David Woods and the co-writer Matt Stevens will also be there. So if you want to see four legends on Saturday and buy books or take the books that you've got and get them signed by one of those gentlemen, they'll be there signing signing your books and, and available for chat before Saturday's game there against Derby. Oh, that's so good. there's some good news. And the Four Seasons book, for those that don't know, I've got a copy. It is about the Four Seasons. That, uh, all three of us doing a podcast today uh, were uh, old enough to uh, see oh, that, <laughs> which is City in what is now the Premier League, and that looks further away than it did even back in uh, 1982, not to backtrack. The other thing this week as well, chaps and chapesses, um, 
we went through uh, 50,000 downloads, so uh, 100 episodes the other week, so 50,000 and probably 500 or so after this latest one. So, Ian, thanks for your uh, comments on there. Everybody was looking forward to what you had to say. And I don't think we've been massively negative. I just think we've been factored, as you said, Ian. You know, there's nothing when you talk to Gary Hours, people agree with what you say. Yeah. Exactly the same. Exactly the same conversation with uh, Chris Honor. Yeah, know, because he, we can all we can all see it. We're not stupid people. You don't need to be Pep Guardiola or a um, an ex pro to see what's wrong. Now, yeah. none of us are in a position to do anything about it. No, right? Nigel Pearson is not going to ring me up tomorrow and say, "Hey, Arian, you can pick the team next week. You think you know so much, right?" Well, you don't. Have- you never return his calls. That's why. Well, yeah, but no, I mean, so so that's not going to happen. He's not going to think, well, I listen to that podcast. They made some quite good points, those lads. I'll go and get Mark and, you know, we'll have a bit of a debate on the team. No, it's just not going to happen. So, and and the same for the other pod- podcasts, you know. I, I mean, I callers coming on Radio Bristol tonight. Um, there was only one that... Well, I'd say he disagreed. He didn't really disagree, but he was talking about us going out and signing Matt Smith um, from Millwall. And that's mm-hmm. the, another old favourite. And it, it, But what it comes back to the fact, if we're playing big boot football, which we are, and it, it's appalling, it's, it, uh, people are using the phrase unwatchable. Um, if we're playing that kind of big boot football, continually giving the ball away, then you need some... Big blokes who up there. Blokes, oh, look, let's be fair. Preferably, who can hold it up? Exactly. And, and I'm not being, it's not a question of saying, "Well, I'm going to be." It's not a negative comment. It's just factual and realistic. And if anybody can uh, come on Twitter or on here or whatever and say, and say, "No, this is definitely what we have to do," and Nigel Pearson is the man because, and you yeah. can't say he's the man because no. eight years ago. He he saved. He, built Le- the, he got Leicester yeah, up. Got he got Leicester, Leicester up. up and saved them. Saved them from going down by winning a lot of games on the trot because things were going badly wrong for Leicester in the Prem. And then they saved them from relegation. Uh, he had a bit of a kerfuffle with fans or whatever. Said some things he shouldn't have done. His son got up to yeah. some stuff, and he was out with Leicester. And then he was. Uh, and then in comes Ranieri, and like they say, the rest is history. Yeah, but. You, you, we, I, somebody needs to explain to me what suddenly is going to make it better. Now, if somebody said, well, Joe Williams is back for Derby, so's Matty James. Um, so you'd expect it to be better. Standard. No, you'd expect it. You, you'd expect it to be yeah, better. improve, but we know that that's not going to be the case. And listening to Pearson after the game, it didn't exactly fill me full of um, uh, vim and vigor. Hope. No. You know, Hope. Like, there well, we go. Well, that's where we are. And it ain't going to get any better. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. Well, I'll come down again next week then. Thanks, Nigel. I don't think he's ever going to make Santa Claus, is he, in, in, in the nativity somewhere? You know, no. He's never going no, to be. I mean, just, 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 give, I mean I just give some answers that, that are going to yeah. make us hopeful. Yeah. And, and I don't think anybody, if I look at all the comments that come through on the, the Podbean app when we're talking, right, nobody ever says, you guys have got it 
wrong. You're talking rubbish. You know, we should be doing this. He's doing the right thing. And this applied in the latter years of Johnson's regime as well. Everybody, the rank and file football fan, which is what we all are, who pay our money. And, you know, I've seen, as you have, uh, you both you and uh, uh, Mark, you know, probably seen 1,200 games of football in our lifetime. So we got a view, and it's not just a flippant view that we only watch them half a dozen times a season. We can all see what's wrong, but we don't have any influence on it at all. So we can talk, we can debate it. And, you know, I think the general feel of the City fans is, you know, same as what we have. And the people that under Johnson we used to call happy clappers, yeah, because that's how it used to be. There was the malcontents and the happy clappers. The happy clapper version 2021 is really saying this is a rebuilding season, yeah. And when we sit, as we are, eight points clear of relegation, that's building in the point. As long as that buffer stays, nothing really is going to change, yeah, uh, I don't think. And picks up yeah, on what if you're talking about if you're talking about rebuilding i've been in construction most of my life one way or another um you need to see progress in a building and that's the worrying thing to, uh, if, yeah if you go to a site and it's not you know it, yeah. you haven't even done the foundations and the excavation exactly and you've been in there a year the first question is asked is what's been what going on cf is go is going yeah. on what what have you been doing yeah. no. and what's going to make me think that in a year's time i'm going to have an office block and 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 that's yeah. the thing and that with this transfer football. window yeah no and with this transfer window right which is his first yeah. i'll say proper one because it's a different january well, is always second. difficult it's his second but i mean you know yeah. it's it's always a difficult one right because he knows what he's got now he knows his players better than he did in the summer. So he knows exactly what he needs. Yeah. In theory, mm-hmm. we hope. Yeah. That's what's going to shape. So hopefully in the new year, we'd my, see a turn. My, my question anyway. is, does he? My well, question there is, we does go. He? Does he? I think on the, on he the minus, on the, the worst, the worst thing about this season is, and we said it again and again, we, we, we've set our expectations low and, but how much lower can they go now? Because basically we're saying, now we're saying, because because of the Derby situation, and I don't expect Reading to be anywhere near a relegation zone, even though they've lost six points, is we're, we're going to stay up. But, we, you know, we'll, we'll finish fourth from bottom this season. But, you know, that we, we, this this is the way it is. So, you know, yeah. here's, some, here's some shit. Eat it, basically. <laughs> and that, and, that, and that's right. And let's see what happens. So he's going to be here for Christmas and New Year. And let's see what he buys in January, because that will show you the weather. Lansdowne is backing him, and if he buys nobody, that means in his own mind, he's saying, well, I can't afford any better than what I've got. And if we yeah. go out and we sign do, one or two... Be, I don't think he'll do that. We, I think it will bring people If in. we sign two or three players that are better, then let's see what you're made of, Nigel, in terms of the DNA of your side. Because, again, Wimbledon, right? Everybody says whoosh football Wimbledon. Wimbledon were a very successful side in the many two or three decades ago by playing that rush football, you know, and that's, it's not great, but it's attacking box entries and everything like that. But there we go, guys, I've had enough. I'm going to go uh, off and uh, have a bite to eat now. And, um, and I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Thanks for your contribution. (laughs) Thanks for all those that listened. I think there was unreal or so in today. So that's good. And we get the recording of this, uh, 
uploaded. Uh, it might not be till later on this evening. It might Dave, be in David, the next half hour. Is, Go on. David, can I just ask, will the theme music for this show is Things Can Only Get Better? No, 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 no. I don't know. I'll probably put on one of my uh, stock entries. So, uh, everybody, um, stock just to annoy you, I'm going to play out. I'm going to play out on this. Everybody, thanks for uh, listening. Have a great rest of evening or whatever time of day you're listening. All the best, boys. And, and girls. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.